Welcome to Adventures with My 40s. I'm Courtney Novak, a 41-year-old woman trying to figure out how to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers. This is episode 11, and let's see if I can actually record this now. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday, September 10th, 2020, the year of the rapture. Excuse me while I adjust around in my seat quite noisily. I've got Pippa in the next room. It's a distance learning day, and she's been doing... We started this pod last week, and so it would have been a day for pod, except um, the mountains are on fire. There's the bobcat fire going on, and there was so much smoke in the air that the house that we go to for the pod is closer to the fires than we are. And they said their air quality was so bad that they might not even stay home. They might go to um, the grandma's house today, which is further away from the fires. So we just, you know, hit abort on the pod for today. So Pippa's at home and I was, you cannot go far from a child who's distance learning um, because there's always just something that they need. So I was just sitting, working on, I'm writing a fantasy novel, and I'm doing, um, I finished the first draft, and I'm working on character development. So it's actually, you know, best case scenario, like it's pretty easy, it's okay to be interrupted, because I'm just going through these questionnaires, figuring out characters. And, but she kept getting kicked off Google Meets, and it was like three times in the first seven minutes of school, so then we ended up taking a break, and then we tried again, and it was a couple more times. I was like, peace out, bitches. Like, we are just done today. Because it's, like, she can't, she does, she keeps missing. Because, you know, you're signing back in. And then she has no idea what's going on. And then it's frustrating for me because I just keep getting interrupted. And so, it's like, we're done. And we have a stash of workbooks at home. And we, she picked, she's like, I want to learn how to tell time. And she picked the telling time workbook. And it was great. We did a couple pages of that. And then we picked this other uh, second grade workbook that has like language arts and spelling and phonics and we did all that and she'd also done something on the school for computer and it was like you know, fuck it we're embracing the flexibility here just you know in the name of mental health so we finished all that workbooks out and now she is playing with her dolls in a room over I asked her to be quiet as if mommy's sleeping we'll see if that works out and Julian's at preschool it's really smoky at preschool so they are in the classroom all day well, my love to the preschool teacher. But um, we actually got to watch Julian at preschool today. He's helper friend. And so once a month, they're going to do Zoom so the parents can watch the kids be helper friend. This is a co-op preschool, except the co-op is like, it's as if this year has put that word in italics and into like font size four because parents can't go volunteer in the classrooms. So tuition's up and we don't get to actually like see our kids at school and how they're doing. So it was really neat that we got to do the Zoom because he's the helper friend and that meant he did all the like the morning calendar and the weather and me, Nathan, and Pippa watched together, which, you know, 2020 just keeps being surreal as fuck. With least it's interesting. Um, so I'm just trying to fit in this episode in between uh, finishing up distance learning slash homeschooling Pippa and picking up Julian from preschool because once I get him home it, the house is just too noisy there's uh, two children just like it's not double the noise it's like you know a million times and he likes to do his kindle and it's like 
I'd love to limit the screen time, but it's like, oh my God, in addition to the pandemic, there's now just smoke in the air. And I'm looking out the window and the air quality has like this orangey, yellowish haze to it. And it, I know it's it's not as bad as they have it up in San Francisco, but it's just surreal. And you go outside and you're like, okay, that's smoke I smell. So, you know, maybe we'll just have unlimited Kindle until the smoke's over. It's just, wow, it's such an adventure. Um, yeah, and then the other big thing that went on this week was L.A. County tried to cancel Halloween. They canceled, like, trick-or-treating, haunted houses, and trunk-or-treating, and then people, like, flipped out. And they've said now, like, trick-or-treating's allowed but, like, strongly discouraged. And so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's more than a month and a half away. But one of my friends said that she saw people on Facebook or her, you know, saying, if people just still decorate, even if we can't trick-or-treat, we can take our kids on a walk when it's dark to look at houses that are tricked out. And you would still get, like, the Halloween experience. And, it, like, that's actually great because we, have, we live in a very flat neighborhood and we went trick-or-treating with friends in our neighborhood last year. And we have neighbors who go back shit crazy for Halloween. So... We will get the festivities and um, the like I have a whole long list and Pinterest boards. I mean, this is going to be the year to just dig into the Halloween crafts and Halloween music and watching like Nightmare Before Christmas and the uh, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and whatever other spooky but not terrifying movies I can think of for the kids. Um, Okay, I am going to jump back in to Pandemic Parenting Part 2. Though, okay, wait, two things before I do that. If you're listening to this in real time, sort of, um, my memoir, Adventures with Postpartum Depression, is free right now on Amazon, the ebook. Um, it's part of Kindle Unlimited, so if you're a Kindle Unlimited um, subscriber, you can always read the book as part of that program. But because it's part of Kindle Unlimited, I'm allowed to make the ebook free like for five days every three months. So the five days are happening now until this Saturday, which is September 12th. And it will be free again in December. So I'll announce it again probably earlier on the podcast. I didn't even, it's 2020. It's hard to plan these things out in advance. I was just like, I was supposed to actually make it free in August, and the other day was looking at my to-do list. was like, oh, shit, I forgot to make the memoir free. So I made it free and didn't announce it here. I'm sorry about that. But I did start a newsletter. So if you go to my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com, I put on like on all, a bunch of different pages, and then there's an actual page now called Newsletter where you can sign up for the email list, and I'm going to be sending weekly um, newsletters once I have people on the email list. Right now I have two people, um, me and me, um, because I had to test, <laughs> make sure that when I subscribed that it would actually work. And it works, and I'm excited to do this. I've been a room mom for a couple of years now. This is my third year, and ever since Pippa started kindergarten. And I go with a very zanny slightly demented approach to my room mom emails and I'm just bringing that vibe over to the newsletter because it's me and I tried to do a newsletter a few years ago when I had my podcast about postpartum depression and I felt very stiff and formal and I felt like I had to be writing very seriously and like imitating the styles of newsletters I read and it wasn't me so this time I'm 
starting over and it'll be fun to do even if I have like three subscribers to start with like I love doing these sorts of things so I'm just going to bring the zanny to the newsletter all right so now we're jumping back into pandemic parenting part two let's see if I can finish this um I will be forced to not ramble because I have to leave in a half hour to pick up Julian all right you can only change yourself if you're not happy with something about your kid's behavior, you actually have to change your behavior, all right? Um, this goes back to like modeling instead of lecturing. And like, let's talk about talking rudely. If Pippa talks rudely to me and I give her like a lecture in like a really angry, rude voice, I'm teaching her rudeness. Um, I'm showing her, look, this is a really effective strategy <laughs> for communicating. I'm not happy with what you're doing, so I'm going to like be really rude back right back to you. And, you know, monkey see, monkey do. So, but if I say to her nicely, you know, sweetie, I really don't like the way you're talking to me. And if you continue that, I'll have to send you to time out. I'm demonstrating effective communication in a non-rude manner. And over time, that will like, you know, hopefully rub off. I mean, that's something I'm working on with her and working on with me because whenever I catch myself raising my voice or talking to her kind of dismissively or rudely, it's like, oh, like, how is she supposed to learn how to talk nicely to other people if I don't always do it with her? And I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to be able to hold myself to the standard of always. But, but yeah, it's like, it's the whole you can only change yourself. I think that applies just so much to life. Like you can't change other people, so you've got to figure out ways to change yourself, whether it's removing yourself from a situation with annoying people or creating you know, healthier boundaries for yourself or figuring out um, mindset changes so that someone who is irritating you or making you feel unsafe, or, you know, anything. Um, not really unsafe. Someone who's making you feel unsafe, that's not a mindset change on your point, except to the extent that you need to change your mindset so you can set healthy boundaries and not have that person. All right, anyway, I'm rambling. So I feel like with parenting as much with life, to remind yourself that you can only change yourself. Um, you can't change your kids because your kids are people. And if you think about any times where you felt like your parents were trying to change you and how effective was that, how much did you want to just change who you were as a person for their sake just because they told you to? All right. On the same note of you can only change yourself, you can also only save yourself. This is like some scary ass shit. Um, and it's probably something I could talk about in a whole episode because it's often so easy to see other people's problems and issues. Like it's easier to see their issues than it is to see your own issues. And we do that with our own kids and you know I have young kids so I really can't there's not the big issues of like heartbreak or you know people I mean everyone who's addicted to drugs or who is you know suffering from an addiction that's like destructive they have parents and their parents aren't usually sitting there thinking wow this is really cool my my kid's a heroin addict but they can't save them. They can do their best. You can do your best as a parent to nurture your kids and to be there for them and support them. But your kids have their own lives and they have their own journeys. And they're allowed to, to fuck up. 
And that's really scary as a parent to be like, my God, my kid is going to fuck up. And you can't save them from that. You have to actually let them fuck up because you people learn from that and they grow and they like can enter new stages of life. And so that's like just general parenting. And, um, but with the pandemic, we, we, I mean, we can't even, like, we can't save them from the pandemic. Like my, like kids, Julian hates wearing a mask to preschool, but that's just what it is. I can't stop, you know, like zoom in and be a hero and accelerate the pandemic so that it ends sooner. Uh, Pippa hates distance learning. I, I mean, I guess I could, you know, create, like, let her just play every single day. But she does have some stuff to learn at school. So instead, it's like, okay, I've, you know, we've got the pod for you. and We're making it somewhat more palatable. And like today, when the system keeps crashing, it's like, you know what, let's just let this go. Like, it's not happening today. But I can't save her from the fact that this is happening to her. You can't save your kids from the fact that life is often really difficult. And right now, we're having a universal experience that is just difficult for everyone. And it's good to remind yourself, like, they're building life skills that will serve them with other challenges. And you won't, we're not seeing that yet, but as they get older and as they face other issues and struggles, the, they're developing some grit and flexibility and resilience now that will serve them with other issues. Because I'm sorry, your kids are going to have issues. Your kids deserve to have as many issues as you have so that they have shit to talk about with their therapist so that they have opportunities to grow because if they never have issues they're just they're never challenged and then that's its own issue okay like I said this is sort of um an episode that I could uh, a topic I could spend a whole episode talking about it's just you know you're I'm not saying go ahead and abandon your kids and neglect your kids and be mean to your kids but you know you love them you nurture them but realize it's your job to save yourself and do your work for you to become like a better person and to deal with your issues, you don't get to short circuit their work. They're as entitled to the work of being human and growing through a pandemic and through other life challenges as, as we are. Okay, totally new topic here. Let me take a sip of diet caffeine free root beer to celebrate this. Mm. I keep trying to quit soda and then being like, it's just not happening today, Satan, not during a pandemic. All right. Are your expectations for your child reasonable? Like, think about the age they are, and are your expectations actually reasonable for who your child is and where they are developmentally? Or are you imposing, like, just sort of like a wish list of expectations on them? This is something that... You know, it's just like regular parenting. If you think your two-year-old can go to the Louvre for six hours and not flip out, um, I mean, you may have a child who's of a disposition that they're happy to sit in their stroller for six hours and they're happy to look at, you know, art for six hours. That's not my kids. So I was never going to take them to Paris and go to the Louvre and drag them to all these museums because that's just not what they need at this age. And the same goes for like distance learning right now with the pandemic or even just not even distance learning, but the pandemic in general, like this is really tough. This is really tough for grownups. It's even think about like how tough it is for yourself and for grownups, you know, it's just look at your kids. It's even tougher for them. So if your expectations of like, you know, 
how well they can regulate their emotions are too high, you're going to be disappointed. Lower the expectations. I mean, and not, again, it's not like, oh, expect them to turn into, like, you know, little heathens who are, um, you know, scream at everyone and, you know, draw on the walls. I mean, you know, you, you can set some boundaries. But, you know, Julian just had a meltdown yesterday. I was trying to leave for the grocery store and he, like, broke. And I had him on my lap. And I was rubbing his back and I was like humming this old lullaby and uh, you know and it took like 15 minutes to calm him down and it was just like and I didn't even get angry because I was just like this poor kid is on overload and he's doing his best but you know I got if if this was a different circumstances I could have been like you know dude you need to like like I can't do this right now but oh my gosh Pippa is playing with her dolls and singing a loud song now um, I think she's maybe done. Oh gosh. I, if you hear it, I, you know, this is life. So yeah, just check your expectations. Um, you also just can't control life. I mean, I'm remembering that right now with like the fire that was going on, not was, God, I wish it was past tense. The present tense fire, the bobcat fire happening near Pasadena. Um, just the uncertainty and like it, the way it, it's, the size has increased, but the direction of the winds was sending it away from where we live. But the winds could change. The weather could change. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. And I'm just sort of, you, I mean, that's life. So it's like, all right, sitting with some uncertainty. But I can't, so I can't control the weather. I can't control the way the flames are going to burn. I can't control the way the wind's going to blow. But I can control my mindset. And I can keep myself from checking the news obsessively, you know, enough so that we're aware of what's going on. But I do know that the police will be going around with sirens and, you know, letting us know. And I'll see activity with my neighbors. So I don't need to be, like, clicking refresh every five minutes, which I, I was doing yesterday. And But I, I saw what I was doing. I'm like, all right, let's dial it back. We're far enough away from the mountains. The weather's changed. We're okay. So, you know, it's I can't control the fire, but I can control my mindset. And that applies a lot to parenting, like, I can't control the fact that distance learning is happening. I can't control the fact that, like, my kids make so many messes. And I'm trying to, like, not let them completely wreck the house. But I also have to sometimes take a deep breath and remind myself, like, we're stuck at home. What are they supposed to do? We would normally, it's September, it's really hot in Pasadena. We'd be swimming in our pool some, but there's a lot of really cool indoor playgrounds with air conditioning. And I would be taking them to those a couple times a week at least just to let them run around and scream and go down slides and burn some energy. I would be taking them bowling. I'd take them to see the movies. We'd be going to the Natural History Museum and seeing dinosaur bones. There's so much we'd be doing, and that's just not happening right now. So... Of course my kids are a bit bored and stir-crazy and irritated and agitated with the world. So I got to work on my mindset of like reminding myself of what challenges they're dealing with because of the pandemic. It's not just me that this is hard on. It's hard on them. And, you know, lower my expectations and work on my mindset. Sometimes it helps me to think if I was the child in this situation, how would I want to be parented? And you can just think of it as, you know, you know, I just think of my parents. I'm like, how would I want them to be handling this situation? And sometimes that's all I need to help me change my mindset or change my expectations or change my own behavior if I sort of flip it, uh, flip the roles and, you know, go back in time to when I was a kid 
and the ways that it would have been helpful for me to be parented. And, you know, that applies, I think, to the pandemic. Um, just thinking about, well, if we had been in a pandemic, what would I have wanted my parents to do? Would I have wanted them to be setting rigorous screen time limits? Or would it have been more helpful for me if they just let us play all the Nintendo we wanted? And honestly, I would have been like, I, I know that just like a lot more Nintendo would have been really helpful for us. Um, with distance learning, would I be like go back in the past and tell my parents force me to be on the computer every single minute, every single day, even if it crashes every three minutes? Or would I tell them like chill out, let me go play, let me do some workbooks? Like it just like it helps me sort of shift my perspective and figure out what to do. Um, and another way to use that Jedi mind trick is if my kids were the parent, what would I want from them in the situation? So if this was happening in like 30 years and, you know, there's another pandemic and my kids are home with their, with my grandkids someday, would I want Pippa and Julian to be like, oh no, we can only do 20 minutes of screen time a day and I'm going to do all of these elaborate activities I found on Pinterest and I'm going to put my whole identity to the side and, you know, martyr myself on the altar of your entertainment. Is that what I want from my kids? Hell to the no! Um, I want them to follow their passions and their interests. I mean, and still, you know, if they decide to be kids, have kids some days, to still nurture the kids and, you know, spend time with their kids. But I know that, like, it would not be good for them to just completely give up their sense of self, um, whether there's a pandemic or no pandemic, you know, either circumstances. And so, it just reminds me, like, you know, I want my kids to stay true to themselves, to be their authentic selves, to follow their callings, even after becoming parents. And I can't just teach them that. I got to model that for them. If I sacrifice myself on the altar of motherhood, I'm just teaching them to do that. And that, you know, if I just give up on, like, things like doing this podcast and my writing because, oh, there's a pandemic, I have to, like, just give up being who I am and all the things that give me joy and fill up my energy and my creativity for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, remember when we thought this was just going to be a few weeks? If, if that's what I do, that's what I'm teaching them. That's like a life lesson. All right. My next thing I wrote on my list was fuck screen time rules. Go me. I wrote this out like over a week ago. Yeah, fuck screen time rules. Um, I think that applies also pre-pandemic because some days we're out all day and there's no screen time and some days you know the toddler when the kids were teething it was like yes if Dora the Explorer is going to help you feel better I'm going to let you watch all the Dora Explorer I'm going to put on headphones so I don't have to listen to Dora but yeah if so if my kids are sick if they were teething if they're just having a really shit lousy day why would I like force these like screen time limits on them if that's like something that's helping them so and now it's a pandemic and it's just like sweet jesus like we've got to have some like grace on ourselves and our kids there's i have to remind myself because i'm so used to this at this point this is i mean are we going on six months of this shit you know i'm so used to the fact that we're not going to the zoo that we're not going to the aquarium that we're not going to museums that we're not going to indoor playgrounds that we're not going to birthday parties that you know that we're not going to school. Oh my God. I mean, Julian's at school, but you know, it, it, he used to go, um, 
like a six hour day, three days a week because they, they had all these after school programs and they can't do the after school programs right now. So he's getting wait, five days a week, three hours. So he's getting 15 hours a day, 15 hours a week right now. And three days a week, six was 18 hours. Oh my God. So he's not even getting as much as he got last year and he was only going three days. So you see, and, and, and there were different programs and they were like activities and they're very stimulating, like cooking and um, there was this guy, Coach Andy, who would come and do sports with them. They're, they're, there's just a lot less. So yeah, fuck screen time rules. And my next point is flexibility. Oh my God. Like flexibility, I think is so important pre-pandemic. If you are rigid and like, you know, I mean, there are, there are limits to flexibility. It's sort of like bedtime. For us, bedtime is still 7.30 p.m. But if it's Christmas Eve, they're going to stay up a little later. If our if their cousins are visiting, they're going to stay up a little later. You know, so the flexibility, you know, I'm not going to let them stay up past their bedtime, you know, for six months running in a row because then they would just turn into like demon assholes. But some flexibility really in all times, but especially during this pandemic is, you know, it's just really, I think, crucial to like parenting mental health and to the kids. Like being flexible is just an easier way to live. And if we're flexible as parents, we're teaching them how to be flexible as humans. And with the pandemic, I mean, oh, there's just like Pippa's birthday party was canceled. So we're doing like one of those drive-bys in a week and a half. So like, you know, flexibility and I mean, Halloween, we don't, they sort of tried to cancel it. It seems like it's back, but again, we're going to have to be flexible and maybe it's just going to be walking around the neighborhood admiring decorations and I get them candy. You know, I don't know. Flexibility though. It's going it, to, when I find, catch myself being rigid and being like, it's supposed to be this way. This is the way it was scheduled. This is the way it was planned. Then I find myself going crazy. And when I let go of that and surrender to all the uncertainty of life, I just feel so much better. All right. A few more. You don't need anyone else's approval about the way you are raising your kids. Again, I'm not saying it's to, you know, give your kids heroin and a handgun. But people who abuse their children are probably not worrying about other people's approval. Or maybe they are, but they're seeking approval from some messed up places. But if you're listening to this podcast and if you've been listening this far on this episode, I really don't think you're the sort who's going to give your kids heroin and a handgun. Doesn't that sound like a good title for a book? Not a picture book. Not a picture book. I mean like um, a memoir about a, like a really messed up childhood. Heroin and a handgun. Okay. Anyway, I digress. But, you know, if you're trying to seek approval from your parents, your in-laws, your friends, your kids' teachers, your kids' principal, or just any of the so-called parenting experts who are out there, you know, whether it's your kid's pediatrician or it's just a book you read, you will drive yourself crazy pre-pandemic and during the pandemic because everyone has different opinions. There is just no one way to parent a child because children are people and people are unique and, and then parents are people and parents are unique. So, you know, if you're trying to like do things in like a really rigid, like it has to be this way. No, sorry, that's flexibility. There, you see, sometimes, man, let's just blame the smoke today because I've been blaming the pandemic so much. Let's just blame the smoke. I mean, I haven't even left the house yet, but we're going to blame the smoke. Okay. So yeah, but if you're worrying about other people's approval, you miss out on your own intuition and on doing what is actually right for you and your kids and your family. 
And the thing is, if you're running around trying to get people's approval, you will fail. Because everyone has a different goddamn opinion. Like, pacifiers. I knew people who were like, you have to make the pacifiers work. You had, I mean, like, I had a friend tell me, like, in an email, no, you have to keep picking up the pacifier and putting it in their mouth until they will take it. And then there's other people I know who are like, you can't let them use a pacifier because it will ruin their mouth and they'll need, like, braces forever. Uh, I mean, just right there, we're just talking about pacifiers. And there's just no possible way to please everyone. There was no possible way for me to please everyone in my life because some people were like, you really need to use pacifiers. There's no way to have a happy baby without pacifiers. And other people were like, pacifiers are horrible. And there was just... And everyone's opinions tend to run towards extremes. And instead it was just like, do my kids like pacifiers? No, they don't. Let's throw them out. So, and now it's the pandemic. And my God, what works for you is not what works for someone else. I mean, I know people who are distance learning, as we are. I know people who have um, moved <laughs> because they're like, we just can't deal with Pasadena right now. Um, I know people who have pulled their kids out of their schools and are homeschooling or, you know, doing some sort of variation. And then I have good friends who've actually hired someone to teach their kids a few days a week for a couple of hours. Um, it's just, it, it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, everyone is going to do what works for their kids and their family. It's just like there's, you know, there are different religions, not because everyone's getting it wrong, but because everyone's getting it right in the way that makes sense for them. And it's, you know, there's, it's just, oh my gosh. Yeah. So don't worry about approval, approval because everyone's got these, not everyone, but a lot of people have some crazy ass opinions that don't apply to your kid and you just can't make them happy. You just, if you run around trying to get people's approval, all you're going to do is make yourself crazy. And again, think about your kids. Think about your parents. Would you have wanted your parents to be parenting you in a way to get everyone's approval? Or would you want them to be parenting you in the way that was best for you? And think about your kids. Do you want them to be worried about other people's approval? Or do you want them to be just doing the parenting that works for them and, you know, their kids? All right. Compassion. Have some compassion for yourself and your kids. Everything just feels better with compassion. This is something I'm working on. I forget about compassion all the time and I go to places of judgment and um, criticism and holding people up to unreasonable expectations. And then I catch myself with like those feelings of just like ickiness and like tightening and like um, just feeling kind of like crunched and narrow. And then when I remember, oh hey, compassion, and I think about why something might be, like why someone might be doing something. Um, I just feel better. Compassion just feels better. Um, yeah, it's, I, I really should have written down an example. And I, I wrote a list of this over a week ago when I was planning the last episode. And I wish I had an example of compassion. I mean, like during the pandemic, it's okay. Here's my example. We started the distance learning last spring and it was very like, free for all and our teachers started doing these google meets for like an hour in the morning and there were kids who did not show up and I was certainly um judgmental about that and bitchy and texting my friends about like where's so-and-so and where's so-and-so or um you know this kid is in their you know pajamas and not even paying attention and da, da, da. 
And it just, it didn't really feel good. And I think it's very natural to be judgmental and critical as humans, but it doesn't mean it feels good. And when I pulled back and was like, you know, this parent could be, like, who knows what they're going, they're dealing with, with working from home or with, um, maybe they're in like an apartment without space or they don't have a good internet connection. Once I started thinking, trying to think compassionately about what challenges other people might be dealing with, it, I felt a lot better. And it just feels better for me. I mean, carrying around, you know, being judgmental and critical of other people, I just start to feel all gross. And when I catch myself doing it and I open up the possibility of feeling compassionate, I just feel like a better person. And when I'm being judgmental of other parents pre-pandemic, during pandemic, I'm being even more judgmental of myself. This is something that I figured out when I was recovering from postpartum depression. Um, I belonged, I was a lot more active in communities on Facebook with people who are like maternal mental health advocates then. I still am, but I'm not. I, anyway, there, there was actually this organization, it's a whole long story, that used to be more active and people were posting every day and the organization kind of went bust um, in a... Um, pre-Black Lives Matters, but it turned out that, like, the leader of the group was doing some um, potentially racist stuff, and people didn't approve, so a lot of people dropped out, and then the whole organization collapsed. Anyway, that's a story for another time. Um, but people in this group would be complaining about how judgmental other parents were, and how, you know, please stop judging the moms who do this. Please stop judging that. And... Um, I, I realized if I'm worrying, if I'm worried about people being judgmental of me, what I need to do is stop trying to control other people because I can't change other people. I need to work on myself. I need to like change myself and be less judgmental of others. And then I am in turn less judgmental of myself. Um, again, this is something I could just talk about for a really, really long time. But I'm going to have to do a preschool pickup soon. So I'm going to move on to something else that works for me with parenting. Paying attention and being curious. So you might be thinking, I have a problem and I need a solution. But sometimes just the noticing of the problem is the solution. A few years ago, um, I had a yelling problem where I was yelling at my kids every day. And I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. Like whenever I yell, um, I, like my whole adrenaline starts to race and I just feel like I feel really bad and it doesn't release the bad feelings I'm having. It just aggravates them and makes them worse. And I was in this like bad habit of yelling at my kids every day. And I thought like I started writing about it in my journal and being like, this is, I don't like this and I wish this could change and I don't know how. And that's what I would write about. I, I don't like this. I wish this could change. I don't know how. And it turned out that I didn't need to know how. It was just by paying attention to the fact that I was screaming and being curious about it. Like, why am I screaming? And then just writing about, like, this doesn't feel good. And it makes me feel gross. And it makes me feel guilty. And it makes me feel, you know, like, just agitated for hours. And it, it aggravates my anxiety. Just noticing that and being curious that changed it. That was it. I don't yell much at my kids anymore. I, I will snap at them. 
I, I will raise my voice whenever necessary. Um, but I don't, I, I very rarely yell. I think I've yelled like, I would say less than five times during the pandemic, probably only like two or three, um, at most. And I mean, we're under extraordinary circumstances and I know people who are yelling all the time. And like I said, don't be judgmental of other parents. I'm not, I really don't feel judgmental of those other parents because I've been a yeller and I didn't like it. So I don't think like my friends who are yelling at their kids enjoy it. They're like, yeah, I yelled at my kids six times today. Aren't I awesome? Like, I, I think they're probably beating themselves up about it and doing their best. And, um, you know, like it doesn't help for me to like beat myself up when I, um, just get into a spot where I'm so aggravated and I yell at the kids. I will apologize later. And then I'll also apologize. I'm sorry. I let us get to a position where I had to yell where I felt like so aggravated that I like couldn't stop myself from yelling. So, you know, whatever problems I had, so that worked for me pre-parenting, uh, pre-pandemic. Um, and it's working now. I mean, when I notice an issue, just paying attention and being curious and being like, oh, this is the problem. And it, it, ju it just does help. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, even just, like, my anxiety was up. I had to go back on Joloft. And I caught that pretty quickly because I was paying attention and to my anxiety. And I was curious. And I was like, what is going on? And, like, I was able pretty quickly to alert my psychiatrist and be like, you know, this is my sleep and this is my anxiety and um, this is how I feel. And we got on top of that situation. All right, so couple last thoughts. It's okay for your kids to be bored. Boredom is good. When they're bored, they get creative. So that holds true before the pandemic. They like need empty stretches of time that are not filled with entertainment. Otherwise, I mean, like if you take your kid to Disneyland, you know, five times a week and the other two days you're going to like the zoo and to a birthday party, like how are they going to function as adults? How are they going to handle just the boredom that sometimes comes with like life? How are they going to just stand in line for groceries? And now it's the pandemic. And like in the beginning, I drove myself crazy with like planning out the whole day. Like we're going to make a worm farm now. We're going to take a nature scavenger hunt walk. We're going to do this. It's like shit. Like if my kids want to be bored, let them be bored. And when I let them be bored, amazing stuff happens. Of course, I am allowing the screen time, but you know, when this, maybe this smoke ends, there'll be a little more, you know, like a couple days ago, the air quality was actually really good and it wasn't too hot and we were outside for a couple hours and they just figured it out. I don't have to entertain them. It's okay. You don't have to entertain your kids. It's not your job. You are not a circus clown. You're a parent. Be authentic. I think this is just true for everyone, but you know, if you're being who you are, parenting just feels easier. So for me, that means getting out and about, which is tough these days, but when the weather cools off, we will be going back to the botanical gardens and going to parks, even though the playgrounds are closed and just, um, like our zoo is reopened and you need a reservation. So I'm just waiting for the weather to be a little kinder. And then we're going to the zoo. Um, I also love doing crafts. So I do try to remember to do art with the kids, but if you're not into crafting, my God, don't do crafting. Like I'm not a really great party planner. Our parties are pretty simple. Like, I mean, we can't do the moon bounce now, but like we kind of have a template and that's what we do. And like our decorations, it's just like, well, where's the store-bought thing? Tape it up. Good to go. 
But if party decorations are your superpower, please, like, unleash that power. If it makes you feel good about yourselves, do it. If, you know, like, don't, like, I don't like make-believe. I don't want to sit and play Barbies with my kids. So I'm not going to. But if you enjoy it, you know, have at it. Please do. Have fun. All right. Be intentional and conscious. You're the captain of the ship. You know, don't just walk blindly through parenting kind of mindlessly and not even thinking about it. You can stop and say, what's going on? Like, I stopped today and I said, we just got kicked off Google Meets for like the seventh time. This is fucking ridiculous. We're out, you know? Be intentional and conscious. Make your decisions. And lastly, all right, wrapping this up, the work is the reward. Oh my goodness. Again, this could be a whole episode for just life, you know, not just parenting. But the reward of parenting is not praise or accolades or money. It's just, and because God knows we're not being paid for this. Um, can you hear my voice cracking now? Well, I blame the smoke, blame the snow, smoke. But it's the work. It is the work of parenting that is reward. And our lives are set up in such a way that we spend so much time like you know, in school getting grades and getting certificates and getting trophies and, you know, going to work and getting a certain salary and getting promotions. But that's not the reward. That's like chasing something that isn't actually going to satisfy you. You've got to be doing the work that enjoys you. And we're entitled to this work. We chose to be parents. So just, you know, like do the parts that feel authentic and feel good to you. So yeah, we're not in this for glory or fame or honor or prestige or getting our kid to go to Harvard. We're in this to be our authentic selves and teach our kids how to lead in thought authentic, radiant lives. Okay, I'm ending this right here because it is time to run to pee because I always have to pee and then get Julian from preschool. I love you all and I hope you are staying safe. Welcome to Adventures with My 40s. I'm Courtney Novak, a 41-year-old woman trying to figure out how to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show.